Grace, what are you drinking? It looks delicious. A smoothie. I got a blender. Oh yeah. So You're I made for recipes. Mm-hmm. I may have a smoothie with chocolate protein powder and peanut butter powder and a banana and flaxseed meal, which is really tasty, apparently, and coconut milk. That's interesting. It's yeah. healthy, I think. Flax, yeah, like, I'm not really sure, but it's tasty. Really, what yeah. this is, is I've been going to the gym more, and I don't feel like making breakfast all the time. I'm all about cooking dinner, but I don't feel like making breakfast, and I mm. am a raving bitch when I don't have something to eat in the morning. Shakes are a good way to do it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. my solution. I'm the opposite. Sometimes I don't want to eat dinner. I'm just like, eh. Yeah. I'll catch up in the morning. Welcome to Disney Versus, the podcast ruled by an evil bear who smells like strawberries. This is also the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I am Tori. (laughs) I'm Grace. And I'm Heather. That was made so much better by the audio lagging. Yeah, by Skype just taking a shit all over everything just now. Oh, I thought I legitimately (laughs) surprised you guys with something funny. No, you did. Sorry, Tori. Oh, well. Sorry. If you're new to our show, welcome. What we do on this show is we've taken 64 Disney and Pixar movies, we rank them in a March Madness style bracket, and we debate, we argue, we talk shit about them until we decide which one is the best and we have a true winner. We have a guest, we do, as with almost all of our episodes this season, we have a special guest to help us decide on some of these movies, because we really have no clue at this point he is a very good friend of me and heather's very old friend of ours grace have you met dakota Mm -hmm. i think so uh he goes by many names we call him coco i gave him the name ghost rider many moons ago uh i think that's it we have dakota reynolds with us today how are you dakota i am exceptional on this fine saturday morning <laughs> it's like it's like saturday afternoon we didn't get up early for this we never record at this time hey some people like to yeah. sleep in and it's still morning even if it's two o'clock or true that afternoon it's eight o'clock somewhere that's for sure <laughs> somewhere in the world you can still get breakfast at taco bell right now I think mm. everywhere in the world you can still get breakfast at Taco Bell. I think I began with you like 10, thing, 10 years ago. Do they ever really close? Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Huh. I know they close yeah. for like five hours. I don't get Taco Bell breakfasts. I don't either, not anymore. I had a waffle taco once. It was legit. But I mm-hmm. just... Taco Bell does things to your brain and your body. So I ain't about that life anymore. <laughs> Unless I'm desperate or depressed. Taco Bell is my jam every day. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could actually eat it every day, but man, it's cheap and delicious, in my personal opinion. You did have a good uh, recommend, a good review of the nacho fries, so I was, and I trust yeah, your judgment were, on food. They do, uh, they do make your fingers turn orange or oranger if you're already orange. Oh, so it's like eating Doritos basically, mm. or Cheetos. Yep. Yeah. Okay. 
Let's get to know D- Dakota right quick. What is your history with Disney movies? Well, uh, that's so interesting that you ask, Tori. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have as, as illustrated of a history with Disney movies as perhaps all of you do. Um, I'm uh, My fiancé is a Disney fanatic, um, but growing up, most of my parents' uh, time spent uh, was not on Disney movies, even though we owned them all. We had them all on VHS tapes, and they kind of sat in the closet, uh, neglected. So um, <laughs> most of the more classic movie Disney movies I saw, it just was such a long time ago that I can't exactly <laughs> remember everything that happened in them, and so eventually I started to rewatch them. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's really it. I don't, I don't have any crazy uh, Disney stories just watching them all on VHS. No DVD huh. uh, remasters or anything like that. <laughs> you haven't you haven't shelled out extra money for diamond and platinum editions of movies i spent enough money on video games and other things i can't afford to do all things at once do you have a favorite <laughs> disney movie disney and pixar movie uh well i think zootopia is probably still my favorite which i know a lot of people disagree with ah, um, okay but um <laughs> When I saw it, I would, I just identified a lot with some of the stuff in the movie, and I liked the voice acting a lot, and I liked the music and just the general mm. scenery of it. I'm not as big of a classic Disney fan as most people, so I tend to like their more modern stuff. Nice. Yeah. What about Pixar? Honestly, there's, I don't, I can't think of a, a bad Pixar movie that I've seen anyway. Um, probably Wall-E. Okay. Um, that that's mm-hmm. uh, it. it kind of the same reasons as uh, Zootopia plus the uh, science fiction aspect of it does not go missed upon me who loves science fiction and fantasy well that's good to hear very nice yeah we have a little bit of news like not much news that I could find since you know Solo is about to come out and Infinity War is breaking all the records there's not much other Disney news but the only things that I can find of major importance was Please don't groan at this too hard, Heather. But uh, the musical Frozen has been nominated <laughs> uh, for three Tony Awards on Broadway. It's been nominated for Best Musical, Best Book of a Musical, and Best Original Score for Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. Previously, I think we talked previously that uh, Robert Lopez had won a double EGOT for two Emmys, two Grammys, two Oscars, two Tonys. What even? Yeah. I haven't listened to the score for uh, this one. I imagine it's good. It's actually on YouTube. Like, the whole thing is actually on YouTube, which is funny. Hmm. Not in the same way that Hamilton was all on YouTube, Grace. You can't call me out like that, Tori. I'm not calling you out, because I've seen it as well on YouTube. Like, I watched the whole thing one night. I stayed up until two watching the whole thing. And then didn't you feel, like, guilty AF afterwards? I mean, if there's just some generic person that I can pay $300 to for having watched it, I would. I wouldn't do it. But, I mean, it is what it is. (laughs) I think it's interesting. Like, I would totally pay 50 bucks to stream Hamilton on my big nice TV mm-hmm. and that would be and it, like for something that they've already recorded mm-hmm. I don't know yep. they have like the Netflix for Broadway but nothing good is on it like none of the none of the top tier mm-hmm. shows are on it 
which is incredibly sad. But yeah, I think Frozen has a good chance of walking away with something. I mean, I haven't heard anything bad about it. I think just based on purely how popular it was the first time coming around that it certainly mm-hmm. will do, was, do well. Yeah. From what I saw from the little I saw on YouTube, the set design is pretty similar. Like, it's basically the same. I basically watched uh, the beginning to Do You Want to Build a Snowman? And the whole thing, like the whole set for Do You Want to Build a Snowman is just the giant door is the prop. And she's just like interacting with the door. Elsa's always on the other side of the door. And she just interacts. And when they Uh grow up, they just flip the door and they're different ages. And I thought that was really cool. I was like, how are they going to do this? How are they going to do this? Oh, that's how they're going to do it. It was really, it was pretty interesting to watch. I may end up watching that. Moving on. Previously, I've spoke on how I've been meeting uh, voice actors from Disney movies. Previously met uh, Rob Paulson, Linda Larkin, and Susan Egan. This morning, day of recording is uh, Free Comic Book Day. And uh, at my local comic book store, I met, I'll shout them out, uh, at Madness Games and Comics, I met Jim Cummings who is the voice of Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Ray from Princess and the Frog, Ed from The Lion King, Razul from uh, Aladdin. Razul is the main guard that has beef with Aladdin for whatever reason. I can't can't understand why. Because he's a street rat. Yeah, I guess. And uh, I got an autograph from him. It's a picture of Scar because he was the singing voice for Scar about halfway through the about halfway through Be Prepared when Jeremy Irons throws his voice out Jim Cummings mm-hmm. does the rest of that voice and he's several Wait, other characters What? There are multiple voices singing Scar during Be Prepared? Yeah. Yeah. Halfway through the song Jeremy Irons blew his voice out so Jim Cummings sang the rest of it. Why didn't he just sing the whole thing? I don't know. Okay, remind me after we record that I need to listen to this song very thoroughly. Okay, I can tell you where he. Okay. I can tell you where, where he where he where they switch, because it's it's kind of easy to hear, huh. but it's I mean because he's so good, it's he still sounds like Jeremy Irons singing, but yeah, I got an autograph of him as Scar, addressed to the podcast. It looks really cool. Yeah. And yeah, he's really cool. He, uh, I asked him about pineapple pizza just like I asked uh, Linda and yeah. Susan. What even? Why is that a thing? Be- it's something <laughs> unique. Like it's I didn't. A silly wanna... question. Yeah, it's a silly question. He won't. He won't forget. Okay. It. Um, he's actually not a fan. He he loves oh. pineapple. He just doesn't like it on pizza. Okay. Dakota, what do you think of pineapple okay. pizza? Just while we're on the subject. Uh, well, I dislike pineapple in general, so I don't care what it's on. I don't want it. That's fine. I take the pragmatic approach. I mean, if I, I yeah. my food preferences are so weird anyway. If people like stuff, then I'll power to them. But I prefer mm-hmm. no pineapple. Okay. That works. All right. <laughs> yeah, but right now I'm in the mode of if I can meet someone without having to move heaven and earth to meet them. Now that I have adult money, I mean, why not? Never know. My advice, meet your heroes when you can, because you never know what will happen. 
That's advice from Tori. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> For this week's matchup, we have Toy Story 3 versus Reddit Ralph. Jeez. Jeez, guys. Yeah. Getting into the dregs. Oh, jeez. It's going to be a tough one, don't you know? Mm-hmm. So what do we want to start with first? Okay, so Wreck-It Ralph story. I appreciate that Wreck-It Ralph does a really good job of creating a universe. I love uh, Monsters, Inc. is probably my favorite example of Pixar doing this. Um, mm-hmm. And we know that the second Wreck-It Ralph movie is just going to expand that universe. Mm-hmm. So that's always fun. Toy Story 3, we, we all know I detest Toy Story 2, and I'm so-so on Toy Story 1. Toy Story 3 was, like, mind-blowing for me. I loved mm-hmm. it. And I, I already liked the characters, but now I love them. And I love the storyline, and it was suspenseful and intense and... Um, just emotional. It was an emotional ride from beginning to end. There's there's so much tension. I don't know. What about y'all? What do you think? Is this the part where I get to bag on everybody's movies? Sure. <laughs> Jesus. We'll okay. play off of that. <laughs> Can I talk shit yet? Nah, well. Um, anyway. Uh, just I, I went ahead and rewatched Toy Story 3 this morning. Um, it, it has been almost eight calendar years since I saw Toy Story 3. Uh, the first time I saw that movie was um, I got to do a triple feature at the theater where you watch the first two Toy Stories and then you got to watch the third one right after it on release day. Um, so that oh, wow. I, don't, I don't really have a whole lot of nostalgia for it. Um, and then uh, Wreck-It Ralph, I don't even think I saw in the theater. I think I saw it, uh, we rented it on DVD. Um, but anyway. Um, I don't think I saw Wreck-It Ralph in theater either. Uh, and, or maybe no, it I did. Know I did. And I don't know that that actually changes <laughs> the experience a whole lot. But um, back, remembering back when I first saw Toy Story 3, I remember it, it ticked all the nostalgia boxes because Andy's going to college. And around when that movie came out was when I was about to or had just started college. And so it ticked a lot of the boxes of like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm dropping all these things from my past and moving on with my life. Um, and so I think I definitely appreciated it more when it came out. But upon rewatching it this morning, I just, I, I feel like the movie's missing a lot of things. Uh, primarily that it just doesn't really do a lot. I mean, the entire plot of the movie is Andy's mom misplaces his toys. His toys try and get back. Then they get donated. The end. <laughs> and then Wreck-It Ralph is, isn't much better, I mean, honestly, where... You know, he wants to get recognized by the town, and so he needs to, says he's going to get a medal. He goes and gets a medal. He screws up. They have a Mario Kart race for some reason. Then he gets the medal back, and that's that game. Or that's that that movie. So I feel like honestly, when when comparing both of the stories of these movies, it's kind of tough because, uh, I mean, as much as, as as Tori said, as much of like a, a hardcore air quotes gamer that I am. Um, like the the substance of of both movies is kind of lacking when you compare them to each other. I kind of agree with you as far as uh, Toy Story three goes, but for a different reason. Because I watched half of it today, or sorry, I watched half of it yesterday, and I watched the other half this morning because I was dreading rewatching this movie. Actually, because hmm. I can say now, and I feel 
I'm washing the, the nostalgia away. I'm not a fan of the middle of Toy Story 3. It's kind of a retread of Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2. It has the element of, in both movies, Woody gets separated from Andy for some reason. And the toys, like when they get to Sunnyside, Woody's like, Andy wasn't throwing you away. He was putting you in the garbage. And of course, all the toys don't believe him, like in the first one. And then Mm -hmm. turns out Woody was right. And all the toys are like, ah, we should have listened to Woody, like in the first one. I realized today I hate the buzz in Spanish subplot because I feel like it's a waste of time. <laughs> like the, the yeah, part it's cheap where, jokes. It's funny. It, I mean, it it it's a couple. Of, there are a couple of chuckles I had, but like the whole part where they're in the bushes and Buzz just starts dancing around Jesse, trying mm-hmm. to flirt. I'm like, what mm-hmm. is this? Can we can we please move on? I guess that was the, oh, the kids will really laugh at this part of the movie that I'm just like, oh my gosh, can we please just keep going? Because mm-hmm. yeah. the, the music of that was really good and I could feel the, the suspense that Grace was talking about. And then it just stops, just stops dead. And I mean, the bookends of Toy Story 3 are great, especially because I, well, I get a little... Not nostalgia, but especially because uh, Arlie Army just died, and Sarge is like, "We're out." It was a it was a pleasure, you know, serving with you, and they just float out the window, mm-hmm. and then of course the end, which we can get to the end later. Most of Toy Story three, I hate rewatching. Really, the only memorable thing for me for Toy Story three is like is is the ending is the ending part of it, like. Mm-hmm. I never remember literally anything before it. I still forget. I think I'm the opposite. The last couple times I've watched Toy Story 3 and we get to that final scene where they're trucking along on the... Track? What the fuck? No. The furnace? Yes. Where they're they're going along the moving walkway into the furnace. Mm -hmm. And, like, the music is so epic and I'm like, oh my god, how are they gonna get out of this? I don't I don't even remember. Oh my god, they're in the furnace and it's cascading down. Oh my god, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like that every time and it's I mean, I'm going years between watching this. Mm-hmm. And I've probably mm-hmm. only seen it maybe four times total. Right. But every time I forget how they actually get out. So that to me, like, is always a pleasant surprise. But I do like this this plot point is, or the plot line is com- really completely detached from Andy because Andy doesn't want to play with his toys anymore. Andy's a fucking adult now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's 18. Mm-hmm. I also kind of want to go back. Nothing says that good movies can't be simple. There are plenty of really great movies that have really simple plot lines. Um, so it, I kind of I have issue with that argument. I agree with you about good movies can be simple because, like, The Shape of Water is a very simple movie, and it's so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, a lot of this movie is built on, like, a lot of the enjoyment of this movie is built on nostalgia and retreading. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, I guess uh, let me expound upon my point from earlier. 
Um, yeah. What what I I guess what I mean by you know the movies don't have that neither of them really have a whole lot of substance. I'm not I'm not trying to say that either movie is not a good movie. I'm just saying when I'm trying to compare mm-hmm. both of them, when I compare them based on the, like their plot, it's hard to decide between the two. I I value a lot of other things in both of those movies a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like for example, I think that the voice acting in Wreck-It Ralph is a fair amount better than the voice acting in Toy Story 3. Um, I think Alan Tudyk does a really good job. I think Sarah Silverman does a really mm-hmm. good job. John C. Riley, I couldn't yeah. really care a whole lot about, but I, <laughs> I don't really care for him as an actor in general. So, um, But I feel like that's better in, in, in Wreck-It Ralph than Toy Story 3. And at the same time, I think Toy Story 3 has some really good music, and they, they don't overuse it a whole lot. Um, and so mm-hmm. that, that's kind of what I'm referring to. I think both movies are decent. I just don't think it's easy to compare them based on their strength of their story. I think when looking at that, it's more of how it was told and like if they got it, if they like got that point across smoothly, you know, like if there wasn't like any like really awkward like breaks or anything, like I Mm -hmm. I guess that would be kind of how we would have to look at it if the, if we're going about it in the sense of these storylines are really simple, you know, so it's more of just like, okay, so then how did they get the point across? Was it told super smoothly? Like, was there like a nice arc to it who knows you know like that kind of shit plus you gotta you have to deal with the context of do you rate toy story 3 in accordance with the previous two movies or do you rate it by itself yeah for for me i take it completely separately yeah because i have such a different relationship with the other movies that's the that's my problem because my favorite toy story movie is the first one because i think it's the it's kind of the star wars effect people say that Empire Strikes Back is the best one, but I disagree because it ends on a cliffhanger and there's so much, there's a little bit that you need to take from Star Wars into Empire Strikes Back and just watching Mm -hmm. Star Wars and watching Toy Story, you can watch just those and not watch anything else and it'll be, you'd be completely fine how that relates to toy story three they have callbacks to the first two jesse says this is emily all over with and jesse freaks out when she's about to be put in the attic if you don't know that about like that's part of jesse's personality because of her history i don't think you get that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. what's the other thing the claw yes the claw and that kind the of claw. grace you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally my favorite part. So, like when I saw that, I was like, "Yes, of course." Yes. That is like, and I—that's the one thing that I like because if you watch all three together, like they set up the claw from, like they pay off the claw from the first one. Like they fear the claw yep. at the very begin in the first movie, and the claw is their savior in the end. Analyzing these movies so closely has kind of ruined the like the that emotional like that emotion in the furnace because they set up the claw at the beginning of the third one like the aliens run off um twice going after mm-hmm. the claw they run mm-hmm. they run off when they first get to the junkyard and they run off when they first get to sunnyside so mm-hmm. i mean Chekhov's claw says the you introduce the claw mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie and you better pay check off the claw, claw at the end. Yeah, check off's claw. Okay. Thinking of that kind of robs the that furnace moment 
for me of mm-hmm. the the emotional payoff. Like the I still get kind of sad when Andy drives off, like when he's leaving his toys with Bonnie. That's what still gets mm-hmm. me because like we've we've all mm-hmm. had to you know like we've all had that moment where you've had to throw something away from your past mm-hmm. and you you know reminisce on everything like all the emotional moments that you've had with that and you know that's a universal that's a universal moment i think but also speaking about references and kind of going back to wreck it ralph like all the video game references and stuff like that like through either characters or just like a really like just like a side just something or like a language of some sort you know kind of thing i thought that was pretty fucking cool and i I appreciated it and i don't know about any other like hardcore gamers yes heather please tell me about all the references about in wreck it ralph (laughs) (laughs) you probably caught way more than i did because like i mean well i mean there's there's (laughs) there's not a whole lot throughout the movie it's mostly at the beginning honestly um in like the bad guys anonymous Mm -hmm. um section there's a lot of characters that you might recognize like zangief was in there and and, um, some other people he's probably the most Mm -hmm. notable Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. But after that, like, I mean, Sonic, I think, is in there briefly, or the sound of, of a person getting hit in the rings uh, sound. There's mm-hmm. Qbert's mm-hmm. in there, which most modern, air quotes, people won't really understand because they don't, they don't, they've never played Qbert because it was an old arcade cabinet game. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then, like, after that, you know, like, with all the Cybugs and, and all that other stuff, I mean, Mario Kart, you could throw that in there as a reference because that's what the whole game essentially is but there's no create a cart mode or at least there wasn't a create a cart mode in mario kart for the longest time um right and and there's there's not a whole lot of necessarily outright direct references it's more just like subtle things like hey this is a thing that happens in video games like mm-hmm. glitching is a thing mm-hmm. that most mo- the regular person wouldn't understand like what a glitch is necessarily mm-hmm. right. and so the fact that that's her superpower probably doesn't mean a whole lot to most people Thinking of that, something that I enjoyed about Jumanji as well. If you watch the new Jumanji, it's said it's a video game. Like it's not, it's no longer a board game. It's a video game, and they get sucked inside the game. And mm-hmm. a lot of video game aspects, like cutscenes and non-playable characters and the life system, it plays a lot into the movie. And I, I thought I liked that. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that dying outside of your game and glitches, like. Dakota said I like how that was a huge mm-hmm. like element to the game and it wasn't just hey they're in an arcade so these things are here but they're not important no all these video game aspects are important to the movie yeah and I think there's a lot of those subtle nods thrown in too when they're showing all the arcade cabinets moving in and out like you'll you'll recognize some of them if you're a person who played mm-hmm. arcade games but other than that they have no right. bearing on the story I guess it's kind of like um Ready Player One, if you went and saw that, mm-hmm. or any of the listeners went and saw that. There's a lot mm-hmm. of subtle things thrown in there. Um, and some of them aren't even video yeah. games. Like the Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch isn't even from a video game. That's from Monty yeah. Python and the Holy Grail. But mm-hmm. if you've never mm-hmm. seen that before, you know, it's just something like, oh, cool, he's just using this named item. But if you if you get it, then you have a little bit extra enjoyment. And I think that's what a lot of the, right. the stuff in Wreck-It Ralph is. Yeah, I just I just really like those, like, subtle nods of just, like, other... You have to be knowledgeable of, like, other things to... To like to get them so it's like oh hey okay you know speaking of that they during that montage they moved the ninja turtle cabinet and it turned into sugar rush and i lost my shit like wait mm-hmm. how the fuck dare you move ninja turtles for fucking sugar <laughs> rush 
And then later on in the movie, when Ralph gets his medal and goes back and everybody's deserted the penthouse and he's looking at Sugar Rush, you can see Ninja Turtles right behind it. So I'm just like, okay, mm-hmm. they didn't completely remove it. It's, it's just still... moved over. That's funny. It wasn't even like an outright reference, but the fact that Ralph is like breaking a building is a throwback to the old Rampage arcade cabinets. But again, yeah. that's something mm-hmm. that they don't explicitly mm-hmm. say in the movie. I thought it was mm-hmm. part yeah. Rampage, part Donkey Kong. Yeah. Donkey Kong was what I thought of. Well, but I don't the know original Rampage. Donkey Kong, you know, you've got the little uh, pathway that Jumpman, because it's not Mario at the time. Yeah. Uh, that jump man, you know, jumps over the barrels and has a hammer and stuff. But there's no, like, building in the original Donkey Kong. There's no fixing mm-hmm. anything in the original Donkey Kong. It's just running and dodging stuff and rescuing, uh, gosh, was it Daisy back then? Maybe. Um, I, I don't even so, think yeah. it was Peach back then. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, there. W- I think there was a reference to Donkey Kong in the movie, but I don't think it was at least from that arcade cabinet. Right. It's been like three weeks since I saw the movie or so, so forgive me if my uh, my memory game is a little off. No, you're doing great. <laughs> what were you going to say, Grace? Um, I, I kind of want to go back to characters a little bit and kind of comparing Toy Story 3, do we need context to make it work? Um, and I, I think characters is one category where the film benefits from already having those characters in place. We don't have to develop half of the cast because we're already familiar with Rex and and all of the OG toy team. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I like the characters in Wreck-It Ralph and even like Vanellope is, is pretty fleshed out. Like that's a good character mm-hmm. with some character flaw. He's trying to improve and like a real archetype. But yeah, I think that's one area where Toy Story kind of gets the gets the win from a category standpoint, and it's purely because we've already had two movies to set up half the characters. Yeah, yeah. See, are you saying yeah because you're in agreement with her, or yeah because you're transitioning? Because I'm curious if you both agree with her on that point. I think that in Toy Story, I think Toy Story three does benefit from having two extra movies with these characters because something like think of uh ham looking at ham ham is the i guess for lack of a better word tech guy because he knows um Mm -hmm. he knows how to play a harmonica he knows how to work the computer he knows what the lock system is on the windows and if you go all the way back to all the first one he's the lookout guy during the meetings mm-hmm. in the second one he knows about he knows how to drive a corvette i feel like ham is the you get i mean sometimes you don't ask these questions it's just part of his character but it's the consistency mm-hmm. from movie to movie with these characters is good rex is the one that freaks out uh what i already said about ham they kind of tone down Potato Head because he's kind of the confrontational one. But I guess that's mm-hmm. from having Mrs. Potato Head around. But that's not to say that the characters in Wreck-It Ralph like, aren't flushed out well or anything. Well, you've only, you know, it's just you've only really got... This one movie with them so far. Yeah, right? and I'll be interested to see how many of the characters we keep because really it's a movie about Ralph and Vanellope and everyone else just doesn't get all that much screen time yeah like the only other two that get 
more screen time than I guess the rest would be what Fix It Felix and uh, Calhoun, Sergeant Calhoun, yeah, yeah. And even then, that's still kind of like a B plot. It really I'm is glad, a B plot. I'm glad you remembered the mm-hmm. sergeant's name because having watched the movie like four times, I can still not remember what it was. <laughs> I had a question about Calhoun during her backstory. Who is she marrying? Is she marrying another officer? Is she that's marrying? What I, that's what I remember it looking like. But that's what I thought. It's part yeah. of her just like yeah. programmed backstory. It's not like an actual yeah. character that they've ever shown. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, my mm-hmm. yeah, but my job at this point is to look at like small things and ask ridiculous headcanon questions. Of course. Because I was like, mm-hmm. did was she marrying like her superior, and when he got eaten, she became you know the leader. Or is she marrying, you know, one of her cadets, which is a bigger problem all in itself? No, I think I think they just served in the same, like, platoon together, and then they just started liking each other, and then he kept saying dynamite gal, and then he died, yeah. so. Now she forgot to do a perimeter <laughs> check, and then yes. he died. Yeah, yeah. So I think these two movies are actually really good to compare, because they're almost exactly the same length. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph's 101 minutes, and Toy Story 3's 103. Um, and in terms of like big money things, the, the budget difference was forty million different between both of them. Um, with Toy Story having more, um, but mm-hmm. anyway, uh, the reason I was asking about the characterization thing is, um, you know, Grace was saying earlier about char- you know if she was judging Toy Story based on it being an independent movie or if it being in context. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you said you were going to judge it on its independentness. I think it stands alone. Sure. I, okay. I- I think we are judging it like you can't just... It's really hard to take prior knowledge out of this. Yeah, sure. to take sure. prior knowledge out of it. I think it's something that you can... Characters, yeah. Yes, but you can watch it on its own sure. without having yeah. seen the yeah, other absolutely. two, and I yeah. think still find enjoyment. Yeah, I, 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 okay. I'm just making sure I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, but anyway, no, um, you know, in, tra- in talking about characterization, I, th- I actually think quite the opposite. Um, like some of the stuff in Toy Story 3 if you're if you are judging it based on its own merit and not in context the characters aren't really developed a whole lot in that movie because they've already been developed in the other two mm-hmm. um, and so right. like the fact that at the end of the movie where uh, Andy says you know this is Rex he's a super terrifying dinosaur but you know in reality hey he's actually scared of everything you only see mm-hmm. that really once and that's at the beginning of the movie with the, the monkey bomb um, with the hanging mm-hmm. monkeys yeah. But other than that, you don't really have any context to it, and so it, it might just seem like for a casual viewer that it's that it doesn't. It's like a throwaway gag that you just kind of missed, which of course we're not casual viewers. But um, mm-hmm. versus in, in Wreck It Ralph, where you know because at the time anyway there was only one movie, these characters have relatively full arcs, and you know I, I since since I said it's been so long since I saw Toy Story three, I couldn't remember if Lotso actually mm-hmm. like redeemed himself at the end, like when they're on the. Uh, the uh they're going to the furnace i couldn't remember if he hit the button or not because again it's been so long since i saw the movie i couldn't remember i was like Mm -hmm. wait doesn't he do something dumb and then you kind of get let down because he just shows that he's the same person and you know eventually he gets what's coming to him but you know there's not the same kind of satisfaction that it comes from ralph actually uh, you know achieving his full redemptive redemptive character arc and i guess you could say to a a lesser degree vanellope doing the same um so i feel like the the satisfaction of like the character development for me is is squarely in the Wreck It Ralph corner rather than the um, Toy Story mm. one. Even honestly, even if I consider the previous two movies, I think there there's more resolution to the to this stuff. I think Toy Story still is kind of mm-hmm. open ended, 
versus Wreck-It Ralph where it had a satisfying conclusion. Well, we're getting another one. Right. <laughs> uh. I think um, the Lotso... So I, I had a similar reaction when Lotso just like turned out to be a bad guy. Because how often does that... Do we follow the villain that closely? Mm-hmm. Like, and if, if we're talking like Renaissance Disney... The bad guy is kind of a second-rate character. We don't Mm -hmm. typically get that much time with them, except in Lion King. I'm trying to think of anything else. Like, we see some of Ursula. Aladdin. Gaston. But we're getting, like, we're getting their bad guy songs, basically. Well, no, because with Jafar, like, every time we go to, every time we go to Jasmine, we see a little bit of Jafar. But the focus is almost always on Jasmine. And, I don't know, I feel like Lotso is a more flushed out bad guy. We, we get a lot, we get a lot of screen time with Lotso. We get his motivation. Yeah, and I mean, mm. really, his motivation, his, the actual backstory only takes about a minute. We get that right. he was abandoned story, and that's fine. But we see him throughout the whole movie being a bad guy and, like, really personally, really up close um, in the same space as our heroes. And so when he just ends up actually being a bad guy, there's some windfall there. Really? You had you had the opportunity and you didn't take it? Like, that kind of made me happy. Like, it's something that you weren't expecting. Yeah, that's, that's you, so many movies. You expect... That cliche yeah. where they always redeem themselves. And I, I agree with you. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad that they didn't just throw it in and be like, yeah, he's going to sacrifice himself to save all the other toys. So I agree with you there. No, Lotso is a piece oh, of yeah. shit for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was kind of cool. A rare trait, but a welcome one. Yeah. Yeah. Wanted to talk about the relationship between Ralph and Vanellope because something I realized or something I thought of is Wreck-It Ralph is directed by Rich Moore, who also did Zootopia. Another movie with a good platonic pairing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Richmore also was a director on The Simpsons. He was a director in the early episodes on some of what people say are the best episodes. And in thinking of that and Ralph and Vanellope, it kind of reminds me of Homer and Lisa. Mm-hmm. For example, Lisa's substitute, it, there's a situation where Homer royally fucks up hurts Lisa's feelings and has to fix it in the same way that uh, Ralph has to basically make up with Vanellope Hmm. and that also led me to think of Disney moving away from like romantic interests Mm -hmm. and moving towards just you know good pairings because we have you know we have Ralph and Vanellope we have uh, Nick and Judy in Zootopia. We have Moana and Maui. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just something that Disney has been doing well because, I mean, I think it, they started as, you know, the story was driven by a princess trying to find her prince, and now it's just two people trying to do right by each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to say I'm so happy that they don't, they didn't just like shoehorn a romance in the movie because I just so right. over that. Yeah. Yeah, you talking about Zootopia? Oh, that and Wreck It Ralph too. 
Yeah, they could have done it with uh, Moana too. I mean, I guess you could say uh, yeah. Fix It Felix and Sergeant Calhoun was a shoehorned romance, but I feel like it wasn't just completely random as it is with a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. I mean, Calhoun had to warm up to Felix right, too. Right, right. That's what I mean. Was, you know, in her, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I want a, uh, I want like a Fast and Furious style movie starring Vanellope. <laughs> Because the way she was just in the junkyard, the junkyard with her pedal-powered racer, and then the other Candlehead and everyone, and uh, mm-hmm. Taffeta just showed up and wrecked her shit. Also, another Simpsons thing that I noticed: if you listen to all the names of the racers, that's some Simpsons ass naming right mm. there. <laughs> like, ass naming. Taff- mm-hmm. Those ass names, though. Like Taffeta Mutton Fudge, really? <laughs> Penelope Von Schweetz. What what the hell is a candle head? Come on. <laughs> I had a question about how out of order being out of order works in the in the arcade. Oh. Like when you're out of order, like it's usually something catastrophically wrong with your game. But what if like do these characters get sick? Oh. Cuz the game was out of order because Ralph obviously wasn't there. Right. Which is going to lead me, that's going to lead me to another point about how all of this is felix's fault in a second he needed a personal day yeah like what if what if felix is is sick does he get like a sub does he actually get mario to you know fight ralph for a day i don't know if they actually get sick though i mean they don't get sick sick yeah there's no evidence in world that characters can get sick there was only the evidence of turbo getting corrupted but that was it yeah Yeah. and like even ralph needing a personal day (laughs) if you want to call it that like that was such an oddity that felix couldn't understand he couldn't comprehend none of them could yeah they all thought he was getting corrupted like turbo yeah he's going turbo you're not going turbo are you another good setup and payoff yeah and the the other thing i had like i feel like this entire movie is felix's fault because when Ralph showed up for the fifth year anniversary party. for the thirtieth anniversary party, I don't know, 50. yeah, it was, it was thirty. It's huh. thirty. My bad. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, when, when Ralph is when Ralph is in therapy, he says it's the well, it's the thirtieth anniversary of my game. When he shows up to the uh, the penthouse, I mean, Ralph knows what's going on, and Felix says, "Well, it's the thirtieth anniversary of our our game." hour mm-hmm. clearly by the game going out of order without ralph showing up felix has clearly disrespected how important ralph is to the game and i yeah. feel like if felix had been the superstar that everybody thinks he is and just been like like they didn't even have to invite him to the party they didn't they could have just gotten ralph a little like here's a present thanks for 30 years like they like you know when you retire after so long they could have got him a watch or something and been like hey without <laughs> you this game doesn't work because like there's without the bad guy the whole thing doesn't work like you know it's like batman without the joker it's like megatron and optimus prime without the bad guy it doesn't work who is felix without ralph and I feel like if Felix had, you know, not been a dick, Ralph wouldn't have run off. He might have felt a little bit appreciated, a little more appreciated. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Well, 
And it wasn't like it wasn't just Felix that was, I guess, making him feel that way. Because I don't know if Felix was doing it intentionally, but like most of the townspeople were like alienating the shit out of him. Like they were like, "Uh, you stay over there." Oh God, he's here. You know, like they were like reacting really negatively toward it, and Fe- you know, and Felix was like, "Okay, well, I guess I'll just go like talk to him now." Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of like a mindset that like just really fucked the like just the whole situation over (laughs) and felix being the hero should have been the one to at least let the townspeople know you know that they needed ralph for the game and stuff like that for them to like exist with felix being the hero i feel like he shouldn't have been oblivious yeah his obliviousness which is i think what you're hinting at yes is just as bad as him being you know intentionally being a dick well but if his entire and that's where everything in his entire life's job is just to do one thing i think you could actually make a good argument for him being oblivious because if he never has to worry about anything else then it wouldn't even come to mind he Ooh. does mention yeah later that his one job is to clean up ralph's uh ralph's mess yeah true that so that makes sense is <laughs> is ralph i mean apart from turbo i'm guessing is ralph just the first person to like decide to go like, against see. their programming yeah become self-aware yeah because <laughs> everybody else has i mean even with ken and let's example ken and ryu they when the when the uh when the arcade closes they go to tappers and get you know a beer a root mm-hmm. beer also when we went to we went to uh cider and there was a Tapper's arcade cabinet. Mm-hmm. I think I took a picture. I meant to post it on the page. It's like it exists. Yeah, it's not just a, <laughs> it's just not not just a movie reference. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they go and get a root beer, and I mean they don't train all day. If they weren't to go against their programming, I guess they would be you know just training all day. But I mean Ryu has to unwind every now and then, and I mean even the bad guys have their their support group. Well, and I think that's the entire point of the like them shutting down the game and taking the train back to the hub is to show that you know the game characters aren't just characters in a game they're real people that just happen to take part in the game thing for people's enjoyment and then they go cool off afterward Mm -hmm. and i think even with the support group and stuff like that like that's i think that's filled with people that were i guess kind of becoming self-aware because it's because it's mostly villains you know and it's yeah it's mostly the bad guys in the game um and it's the whole, you know, like, yes, I'm a bad guy, but that, but that doesn't mean I'm a bad guy, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that they get from that support group, you know. And so I think it was made to help with characters that might become corrupt, you know, and kind of like reel them back in. So is there a support group for like heroes that don't want to be heroes anymore? That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing in that universe, though. Yeah. It's one of those unanswered yeah, questions. Yeah, it's not, but... Okay. Well, maybe not that arcade. Like at another arcade, it's like Mario. I'm tired of tired of saving the princess. God damn it, Peach! <laughs> Stop getting kidnapped. Well, maybe we'll find that out in the sequel. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh. Do you have anything else that we want to talk about? What about sounds? We haven't really talked about like our bread and butter with score and songs and stuff. Uh, meh. Um, I do remember us commenting on the Foley in Toy Story 3 before. The sound effects are good. The soundtracks for both of these 
weren't particularly memorable. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, the only thing I remember from Wreck-It Ralph is Shut Up and Drive. Yeah, that's really it. But aside from that, I don't... Like, neither of these are particularly depending or... Yeah, that's... that's. I mean, when I rewatched Toy Story, like I said earlier, there were some good moments that accentuated with sound, but there wasn't anything that stood out. And what I can remember from Wreck-It Ralph, there were some things just like that like heather was saying was shut up and drive but that's all i can think of Mm -hmm. there was i mean i have i have like bits of the score from both of these on my uh playlist and i've played it at work before and i know there are parts when wreck it ralph comes on that people are like wait what's this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and toy story 3 doesn't really make that big of an impact so that's kind of where i fall on that but um, like I, I think that like in the arcade moments, like when the movie is especially video gamey, mm-hmm. I think that's when Wreck-It Ralph distinguishes itself. Other than that, it's kind of like except for the cues of uh, "You Got a Friend in Me" used in Toy Story Three score, mm-hmm. they're kind of you know stock animated movie score. You know the mo- the music is suspenseful when the movie is suspenseful. It, it does mm-hmm. what it's supposed to do. Yeah. yeah, there was a moment when uh, Woody is sneaking everyone out through the under the swings and stuff. There was a there it was pretty suspenseful. There it was oh I like this part. It kind of caught my attention, but I mean other than that it's. I, I guess I would have to give it to Wreck-It Ralph for being more different or less than the same. I don't know. Yeah, the really only musical part of either of these movies that's standing out to me is is the moment where they're going to the furnace. Like, that's the one moment. And you see, like, all of them kind of look at the screen and look at each other and accept their fate. And that moment is very dynamic but it's really just epic songwriting Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i i like shut up and drive even though it's very on the nose yeah like i like it more (laughs) than we belong together that's at the end of uh toy story 3 i mean the theme song to sugar rush is kind of infectious ha 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 oh yeah, and then yeah. Skrillex did something, I think, for uh, Calhoun's game. Yeah, and then he was DJing the party. Skrillex is actually in the yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's DJing Celebrate. Yeah. Uh... But, eh. Well, I think if we don't just talk about the music aspect of it, which uh, I agree with Grace, there's that good moment with the furnace. I think I would call it a draw on the music, but I think in terms of sound effects, I think that Wreck-It Ralph does a lot better of a job, honestly, because... Toy Story 3 doesn't mm-hmm. really have very many sound effects, but, but Wreck-It Ralph right. does a better job communicating its universe and lore, which I kind of detest that word, but um, it, it does a much better job communicating that and, and about all the university things than uh, Toy Story does, especially when they're, they're racing and get the power-ups and stuff. Like, that's it's spot on. Yeah, yeah sound effects-wise, for sure, Wreck-It Ralph, they had a lot to play with. All the video game stuff is like they have to be different, especially with the uh, like the games that are original. Also, they did a really great job putting Qbert's talking sound in Wreck-It Ralph because that's yeah, that's actually that, what it's. Was that original? 
Uh, if it wasn't original, they did a very good job reproducing it. Okay, because I was like, wait, did, is that some... I know, like, Jack McBrayer, who is Felix, I know that's him trying... I think that's him trying to do Cuberties. Well, I'm talking about when Cubert talks, just, not when Felix Yeah, talks. I know, I know. My thing was, like, was that fre- someone fresh, like, doing Cubert, or was that just audio from the Cubert game? That's what I want to know. Well, I'll, I'll just repeat what I said. If it's not original, they did a very good job mimicking it. Or they might have just, like, scrubbed the audio and, and cleaned it up. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Uh, I think that's all I got. Do we want to decide? Tori, you go first. How do I want to choose this? I don't know. How do you want to choose it? Okay, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, I'll go first. My pick for this is Wreck-It Ralph because I get more... I, I strongly believe that if it were possible to look at this in a vacuum, if I were able to take away my memory of Toy Story 1 and 2, I don't think I would enjoy Toy Story 3 as much without all the extra character stuff that is pre-established in a movie. Because mm-hmm. all the, I mean, it it's it happens with all the sequels. I mean, there's less building of character because it's already pre-established, and like we said, there's not much character stuff in this movie because it's a it's the third part of a trilogy. We already know everything about these characters, and I think what happens isn't as good without the character stuff to go behind it. Like, this movie is built on leaving behind characters that we grew up with. And without the growing up part, I don't think this movie stands very well by itself. And Ralph Ralph has an arc. Vanellope has an arc. Felix and Calhoun have arcs, though smaller. And I think that, like, the, the setup and payoffs in Wreck-It Ralph are better than the like work better with the characters than the ones in Toy Story 3 and I know Grace is going to call me out I and I did the work already Toy Story 3 I ranked number two like you don't even need me here <laughs> I regret it I I was wrong I, Wait, I do really I just pulled I re- up the rankings and everything you're gonna sorry. steal my thunder sorry mm. I I regret putting this number two to loop everyone in, uh, Tori ranks Toy Story 2, or sorry, Tori ranked Toy Story 3 as number 2. I ranked it as number 3. Heather put Toy Story 3 in her tier 3. Damn, Heather. Okay. Yeah, it's going to stay there. Tori ranked Wreck-It Ralph as 11th. I ranked it as 25th. Heather put it in her tier 1. Yeah, that's going to stay there That's a good choice. I think Heather's the only one who's been, like, consistent this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> The movies that Heather thinks are shit, she still thinks they're shit now. <laughs> Frozen is still ranked sixty in her sixty first year. Dakota, what do you think? Uh, well, I mean, kind of talking about all that stuff earlier. I think I I already kind of leaned toward Wreck It Ralph and talking about all the other stuff earlier. But I my final thing would just be that what Tori said in a vacuum is definitely true but in terms of just enjoyment of the movie I find Wreck-It Ralph to be a lot more enjoyable movie to watch than Toy Story so I would definitely give that the edge Grace? I'm a little surprised I ranked this as low as I did I'm especially like I didn't care for Big Hero 6 
And I put this below Big Hero 6. Oh my. You did not remember I don't this know. movie. <laughs> no, apparently not. I I do really enjoy it, and I'll probably watch it again this week, just as a to actually like remind myself of, especially since it's going on. Really, everything we talked about. It. I do think Toy Story three benefits from having development from the other two movies. I do really love it. It it does kind of take me through an emotional roller coaster every time I see it. But it's also not something I want to watch all the time. And if I go back to my old standby of which movie would I choose if I were if I had to sit in the room all day and watch it over and over, I would definitely go for Wreck It Ralph. Um, and part of it, honestly, is because I feel like I'll notice something new every time. I'll notice a new reference, or um, I'll find some different appreciation for it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why it moves on for me. Heather. I mean, obviously, it's Wreck-It Ralph for me. Look at those tears. <laughs> oh, look at this. Like, wait, you're not crying. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the ranking, too. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, I would choose, I would choose Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, mainly just because, like, I remember more from it. Um, it's a more memorable movie to me than uh, Toy Story 3 is. Like, I mean, like I said before, the only part that I really remember from Toy Story 3 is... Uh, the fire and then the claw you know saving him and that's and like so long partner at the very end or something yeah and yeah that's that's all i remember but i just i like the cohesiveness and the references and stuff like that in wreck it ralph and the characters and stuff so and see that's the thing that people talk about with toy story 3 it's the same thing with up with up nobody talks about the entire movie of up Mm -hmm. they only talk about the first 10 minutes with toy story 3 Everybody's like, oh my gosh, the end was so sad when they were holding hands and going to the furnace. I teared up so hard. That's, that's the only pro- thing anybody brings what, up. Yeah, and that's probably yeah. the reason why I remember it. It's yeah. because everyone fucking talks about it. <laughs> so. Okay, so, cool. so unanimously, Wreck-It Ralph moves on to round four. I believe it's going to... Actually, I know this one. It's going to face The Incredibles in round four. Oh, Aww. oh no. <laughs> have fun with that one. Interesting. Okay, so since I have it up, Tori ranked The Incredibles as number five. I ranked it as nine. And Heather ranked it as one. Yeah, that's going to be a rough one for me. Grace, what do you have for uh, Drunk Disney? Okay, so let's do Toy Story 3 since it is no more. Um, Drink a whole bottle of tequila at the end. <laughs> Drown your sorrows. <laughs> you want to see me throw up violently. <laughs> okay, Drunk and Disney for Toy Story 3. Drink every time there's a reference to an earlier Toy Story movie. Drink anytime Lotto's a dick. Just keep that drink in hand. Drink continuously. Is Buzz is in Spanish mode more than once, right? It's it's one long period of time. Yeah. I thought in, I thought he was in there twice, but no. He's he's evil Buzz. I don't know. I know he's evil Buzz, and then he's Spanish mode Buzz, and then a TV falls on him when they're in the junkyard, and then he's back to normal. So how about every time Buzz is not himself? Himself, yeah. Anytime Buzz is not himself, continuous drink through Buzz's dance sequence. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Oh boy. 
<laughs> it's gonna I, be a good time. I would also say drink anytime someone says Woody. Ooh. Okay, that's too many rules. But that's a better one. Drink anytime someone says Woody. Drink anytime there's a reference to a previous Toy Story movie. Drink continuously when Buzz is in Spanish mode. Cool. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I like it. You must drink tequila when Buzz is in Spanish mode. Oh, gosh. Also, no. Because <laughs> it's Cinco de Mayo, too. Oh, gosh. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, Do we have any plugs? Uh, Does Dakota have any plugs? Nope. Just keep being cool people. Aw. Make good choices. That's what I always tell my kids whenever I say goodbye to them. Make good choices. Make good choices. Don't do anything that would endanger your performance. Yep. That's (laughs) it. Also probably means don't do drunken Disney. So, you know. Well. Unless you're of legal age. And you're not going anywhere. Um, in seriousness, <laughs> though, I I super duper casually, occasionally stream video games on YouTube. So if you want to look me up, that's cool. If not, that's cool too. What is your uh, yeah. YouTube channel? Uh, it's just my first and last name, Dakota Reynolds. How do you spell those? I'll put it in the description. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> I don't care what all the characters and letters and stuff are that Google assigned me, but uh, if if anyone's really that interested, I can certainly put a link in the thing. That'd work. You can, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disneyverses. On Twitter at DisneyVS. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review and tell us what you think of the podcast. If you leave us a five-star review and a comment, we will read it on air. Uh, I need to see if there are any new reviews because I always forget. <laughs> And I'm just going to assign that to you. No. <laughs> what makes you think I'm going to look? Uh, that's a good question. Beep boop. Beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop. Stop moving things. I can't help it. I'm fidgety. We have no new reviews. Okay. Can confirm. You can also follow us. You can also subscribe to us on Google Play Music, where you can give us... 22 toys. Out of 15. I'll allow it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever check Google? Do we know what happens there? (laughs) You can't leave rev- you can't think- leave reviews on Google Play Music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, st- I still really like this joke though. So we <laughs> Google's rating system. Somehow that just makes it better. <laughs> yeah. I like it. You can give them viewership numbers, but that's about it. Wow. That doesn't help us. Well, that would that would be an improvement on iTunes. It'll help increase your algorithm, which will rank your search results higher, which will get you more views, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh. Lovely. Mm. Well, thank you, Dakota. Thank you, Dakota, for joining yeah. us this episode. Thanks you for being welcome. here. It's been lovely. And thank you for having me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bring <laughs> <laughs> you back to what? Oh, uh, it's just Dakota being himself. Uh, 
uh, that is our episode. Thank you for listening, as always, and we will see you guys next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.